Hi, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. This is episode 71. I'm your host, Cameron Earhart. Today, I have Devin Dash joining us, and we're going to be talking about some really fun stuff, budgeting. Um, I don't mean that sarcastically. I'm just terrible with anything accounting. Thank God for Joey Brandon, CPA on our team. But uh, Devin, I'm excited to learn more about this. Why don't we start? Give us an overview of just what is a budget? Like pretend, pretend like I'm five. No, pretend like you're explaining it to me like the first time, you know, what is a budget specifically, you know, to a business? Yeah. So I like that distinction that you, you made there at the end to a business because it it's really to, to a lot of people, a budget can just be a spreadsheet that says, this is the money that I'm expecting to bring in. And this is the expenses I'm expecting to have. And this is what I expect to be able to save from that or, or the profit that I, I expect to have from that. But beyond like what the physical tangible thing is that a budget, I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of expand on that question for a business because it's more than just that tool. It's more than just the spreadsheet. A budget truly is as, as John C. Maxwell said, it's a, it's a plan. John C. Maxwell said, said a budget is the tool that allows you to tell your money where you want it to go, hmm. not where you're like after the fact, finding out where your money went. So really the, the budget itself is, is a plan so that you as a business owner can make, you know, plan so that you can execute according to that plan. The budget is the, the, the feedback mechanism that you look back to, or you look at to say, where did I actually perform? based on, you know, compared to what my expectations were, or what I expected to do. Yeah. Um, you know, Peter Drucker says that that's extremely important in his book, Managing Oneself. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, is setting expectations and then being able to look back at, at a given point in time to say, did we accomplish what we expected and how did it vary? And mm-hmm. where did it vary and why did it vary? So a budget be, goes way further than that kind of spreadsheet, which we think of the you know, that that most people get bored in. And it is literally a plan so that you as the business owner can tell your money where you want it to go. Um, And I think that was, that for me, that was a really, I I heard that from John C. Melkswell and and Dave Ramsey is obviously a guru when it comes to budgeting and planning uh, financially. And so these, those are just some couple, a couple of other names. If you're looking for supplemental resources, um, to really talk about budgeting. I thought that they did the best job at really simplifying it. Yeah, that makes sense. Let me play devil's advocate. Let's say I'm a business owner and uh, you know, I've been in operation for 10 plus years. I've never had a budget, but I've been making money every year. I've been profiting every year. Um, things are going okay. Why do I need a budget for my business? Yeah, I think because what you what you said there, and even in asking that question, if you if that business owner is out there listening to the podcast, is you're basing every decision that you make on the future of your business from the past. So you're driving a car down the interstate backwards, and you're trying to make make decisions and choose directions based on the tiny rearview mirror that we have hmm. in our cars, as opposed to you need a, you know, why I say you would need a budget is because it is a whole lot easier to look out the front windshield. Yeah. You're going to use historic numbers and you're going to use, um, experience and data to, to set the budget. But if you want, if you have aspirations to hit a certain goal or maybe get out of debt or purchase, you know, make a, make a large capital purchase or, um, you know, grow your business and invest in a team, 
you can't just look back and say, well, we've always been successful and we've always kind of grown because if you have aspirations to, to grow to, you know, let's say just say $10 million and you're sitting at five, well, your expenses and your team and, and things that you need, the, the capital that you need, the revenue that, or the dollars that you need to get to that next level, to get to that 10 million are going to be a lot different. And you can't look at historical numbers to do that. You can't look in the rearview member to say, here's what I'm going, here's what I'm going to budget to spend based on where I want to go. So I think that's why you need a budget really helps you helps, helps you plan and helps you measure progress against that plan. And to, you know, making sure that you're reaching your goals. All right. So I'm a business owner. I just hired Axiom, shameless plug. And I, I decided that, um, yeah, I, I need to start doing this. At, at what point in the year is a good time to actually start the budgeting process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I remember when I was a senior in high school, um, which man feels like just a short while ago, but it's actually like 10 years ago. So I think I have a little bit of ability to say like when I was a senior in high Back school. Back in my but, day. Yeah, not maybe not quite that uh, <laughs> language, but when I was a senior in high school, um, I worked my way through college and I knew what I was going to need for books. And it wasn't the beginning of the year. It, it was one month. It, I knew that I was going to start college and I was working uh, at Publix at the time. I knew I had a pretty stable income. My hourly rate didn't change. I wasn't on a commission structure where I get a percent of every customer that goes to my line. Although that would be kind of cool. Um, so I, I, I just started the moment I knew that I need, okay, I was going to start having consistent expenses on a, on a semesterly basis. Mm-hmm. That's even a word semesterly just made it up. Um, I was going to have expenses that were going to be coming out every quarter or every, every trimester, if you will. Quarterly. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> so, and I knew that I had a pretty consistent income. I knew that I had weekly expenses and, and, and therefore monthly expenses for automobile insurance, fuel. Uh, I was young, so I liked to go out and hang out with friends. And that was really the, the highlight moment for me of me saying, okay, if I'm paying my way through college, I'm going to have to make sure that I'm budgeting to save for these books that are these these large book and tuition expenses that are kind of come out at the beginning of every semester when I sign Mm -hmm. up for classes. And so I I say all that story to say, when should you start planning and budgeting for your business now? Don't, don't wait. Like if you've never done it, then start today and build your budget for next month. Um, if you have, if you're, you're an established business and maybe you've kind of dabbled in budgets in the past and you're, you're thinking more proactively about, I so I say there's two answers to that question. The first one is start today for the next month. Mm-hmm. And then the second answer to that question is Q4. Q4 is when we, all of our clients start to go through the planning process for 2020 or for the next year, in this case, 2022. Mm-hmm. And so really it's October, November, December, where we're sitting down and we're looking at the last 18 months, the last 12 months, the last six months, and the last three months to get a pretty good idea of what, what targets can we set for the following year. Um, and so, so that's October is when we really start looking at the, that historic data for the last 18 months and say, all right, where were we at? What are the growth projections or what's been our growth over that period? And what do we want to accomplish? You know, do we want to set goals that are just in line with where we've been? Do we want to set large, you know, stretch goals that are going to 
you know, we're, we're 70%, 80% confident that we can get there. Or do we want to set really aspirational goals where we're maybe 50% positive, you know, sure that we're going to be able to get those goals. Uh, and that's when you can start doing that process. So you have time to tweak, you have time to look at, um, really what are the, then what are the expenses that we expect to come along with, you know, to tie into that growth. Uh, and you have plenty of time to then say, well, do we need to, you know, relook at our systems and, and what systems are we going to need to hit those budget numbers? What do we need to, what subscriptions do we need to buy? Is there new software? You can start doing all that stuff so that by the time you get to the, the first of the year, you hit the ground running. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, um, you know, you kind of just mentioned, you know, where you should start with the budgeting process, but, you know, let's say I'm a business owner. I don't have Axiom there. I've never done this before. How do I start? Like, I, you know, what, what do I do? What's the first step? Yeah, the first step. So there's a couple of different theories on this, right? Um, and Dave, I'll just mention two. Dave Ramsey, he'll say, start with your revenues hmm. and then your expenses and you plan for a $0 budget. So Dave Ramsey says account for every single dollar in your business. Hmm. Um, so that at the end of the day, and, and he means zero, like he means a net zero budget because he wants you to budget for how much cash you're going to put in the savings account. You know, how much um, cash reserves, how much are your cash reserves going to build on a monthly basis or, you know, on an, at the end of the year, cumulative, cumulatively at, to the, at the end of the year so that you can invest that money, have that money to invest back in your business in the future. So that's his net zero kind of process. Okay. Um, and he would say, start with your revenues. Then you say, based on my revenues, if you're a service-based business, you probably have cost of goods, or if you're you know, making widgets, you have costs of goods for materials and labor. And, and if, you know, some manufacturing firms even assign a portion of overhead labor or overhead expenses, utilities, electricity to, to costs of goods. But by and large, you're, you're, unless you're complete hundred percent service-based and you're doing software as a service, you're probably going to have some costs of goods. And then you, you, you know, you can calculate those out based on historic numbers, mostly, I don't know, I would say for most of our, the industries that we're serving, cost of goods are somewhere between 45 and 60%. So, you know, de again, depending on the, what materials are needed or how expensive labor is in those industries, we know that we're going to have somewhere between 50 and 60% heading the bottom, you know, hitting the bottom level of the income statement, which is then your expenses. So start with your, your revenue, move to costs and, and budget out and plan and project how much your costs are going to be. And then you know what you have remaining for expenses. You know that you're going to have, there's two types of expenses that you, you can, you need to be aware of to plan for as you budget out. Obviously those fixed, there's fixed expenses. Those expenses are not going to change on a monthly basis, maybe on an annual basis, but overall month to month, they're going to remain relatively flat. So, uh, mo unless you're in like an ho a hospitality industry, uh, utilities are going to be relatively constant. So you're, you're going to have people in the office from eight to five and you can expect them to use the electricity. The air is going to be on to make sure that your employees are comfortable or that your customers are comfortable. And so you can expect to say that you pay about the same amount on a monthly basis for electric, uh, rent is another fixed expense, uh, so that your rent's not going to change. If you're in a lease, it's, 
you know, it's a five-year lease or seven-year lease or what have you, you can expect maybe incremental increases on a yearly basis, but month to month, it's going to look relatively the same. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's variable expenses. Those are expenses that are, are in some way related to revenue. So there's in some way a function of revenue. Uh, let's, let's talk about over, overhead expenses, a variable expense. We can say invariably overhead is going to be 50% of our total expenses. Now that I say of all our expenses, not our cost of goods, but of our expenses, we know that payroll is going to be 50% of that, but it's 50% of some revenue related, you know, it's related to revenue. Um, We know that as we do more work, as we try to increase the volume, we probably have to have, depending on the type of industry, we probably have to have the office staff to be able to move the work through production. Um, and so then, the, you know, to the, we're going to get them down the weeds here, but to the extent that we can increase our efficiencies, then the, the variableness of that expense goes up or down. So if we can create really efficient systems and processes, then payroll is a smaller percentage of revenue um, than, let's say, a competitor who doesn't have those same efficiencies. So start with, again, just to recap, start with your income, project that out. If you're building widgets, how many widgets do we expect to sell based on how many we sold last year? If you're doing service, do a percentage growth that, you know, maybe you set different assumption marks. So here's what, here's like everybody gets a you know $3,000 bonus at the end of the year growth mark. Here's kind of market and industry trend, um, benchmark of growth. And then here's kind of the middle ground. Here's where we would be happy. We'd be comfortable. This would help us accomplish our vision, our mission, um, and allow us to continue to invest in the business. And here's the different percentages that we're going to assign to growth. Cost of goods just goes along with that to project that out. It's a percentage of the total income. And then the variable and fixed expenses are next. That would, that would be in Dave Ramsey's method. That would be getting you to, to ultimately that bottom line of net zero because you're accounting for any debt expense that you need, you know, debt pay down, you're accounting for any uh, cash reserves that you want to have so that you can build your nest egg and plan for the future. That's general. There, there's another method that you can go through. Again, you would still rely on those same components uh, and planning the, and, and looking out and kind of projecting those out. But the other way to look at it is comes from Mike McCallowick's book, Profit First, and he he looks at it a little bit inversely. And I like this method. I think it if you're if you're not a hundred percent following Dave Ramsey's method, right? And you just want to say, I want to save, I want to see operating income in every period and and I want to see a certain level. Mike McCallowick's McCallowick's would say, um, take what you want, take the profit that you want. And we would, in some way, we would look at this for businesses who are maybe hitting less than 10% net, net margins. We want to hit a minimum of 10% net margins. So we project out the revenue and then say, we want 10% of that to hit the bottom line. Now from that 10%, we then have the re- a remaining, if you will, a expense available to say, this is, the total amount left based on us having that at the bottom line, 
that we can spend. Now, let's say historically our gross margins are, you know, so we take out, take the revenue after we have costs, labor and materials taken out, we're, we have 40% left over for expenses. Okay. Well, if you have 40% left over in gross margin and you only have 30% of that total revenue mark to spend on expenses. And I, I kind of like that method, that way of looking at it and saying, we're not going to, we're not going to just net zero. We want to plan on profit and then constrain ourselves to know how much we can spend. And the reason I like that method is because that constraint and saying, okay, guys, we can only spend $500,000 this month on overhead expenses. Mm -hmm. It constrains us to think creatively about how to solve problems when that number is higher than what we can, what we've budgeted or what we can, we can actually spend. And so we start looking at, you you know, you run into situations where you, um, and I'm kind of getting into something that I think is going to come up in the next question is you start looking at ways to save, you start looking at ways to cut back and you get creative in the budgeting process and the planning process when you can say, okay, this is how much we can spend. Yeah. And as you talk about it, you know, as you're kind of walking through that, it, it really, to me, it it sounds like the difference between a business that's just flying by the seat of their pants and a, smart, intelligent, sophisticated business that is actually looking to grow, get better, do things right. Like, you know, there, there's a, this is, this is something that great businesses do. And if we want to become a great business, like we need to start doing this, we need to adopt it. So yeah, you you mentioned, you know, my next question, I was going to ask you, are there any other exercises um, that we could do, you know, either before or during the budgeting process that could help us? Yeah, I'll, there are plenty of supplemental, supplemental exercises to go through um, before and during your budgeting processes. I'll mention a couple. The first one is uh, something I, I didn't create this. I, I did. I got this from Dave Ramsey. But going through your payables list, and you're going to look whether you look at a 12 month historical period. So maybe you're planning for next year, and you say, "I want to know all the vendors that we paid." And I want to know what we paid them last year. So we look at that and we say, you just sit down and you ask the question for each item on the list. I mean, if it's, if it's significant, look at each item on the list and say, man, okay, this is pretty big. What did, what did this buy us? Hmm. And then you go through that for each vendor or, and, and each person that is that you're getting invoices from. And you ask the question, what are we getting from that? And is it worth it? Um, and, and you, you might find that there are situations where, man, well, we, we used to use this vendor for X thing. And, you know, I, I thought we hired somebody to fix that problem and now we're paying both. So let's eliminate that vendor. Well, we just, we just found that money. <laughs> and so I think that's a really good supplemental exercise to go through, um, during your budgeting process. Uh, I would say, oh man, I, there's... <laughs> That's well, I say the, the other that, side of that token, go through receivables as well, <laughs> you know, see if there's some money out there that, that you forgot about, you know, that, that somebody still owes you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's important, especially if you're, you know, if, if you have open invoices, let's just say, and you're a cash-based business, you wouldn't technically have an accounts receivable, but 
if you are cash basis and you have outstanding invoices, that's money that you've, it's, it's not found money, but it's money that you forgot about. So, it, right. you know, it's like, but yeah, again, another great process to go through, especially if you're cash basis, because if that cash didn't come in the door and it should have, then you can't, you can't acknowledge that cash or you can't acknowledge that revenue when planning for next year. So that, that's a great insight. That's definitely something that would be uh, helpful to do in the budgeting process. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, well, well, uh, that's all the questions I have for you. Is there any parting thoughts, anything else you'd add before we wrap it up? No, I, I think just the main, the most important thing is don't, don't be the business. I mean, you need a budget. Don't pretend that you're the, the I don't even think they exist. The 1% that doesn't need to, to operate a business by the, by a budget. Um, if, if you are a business owner, you're operating a business by a budget, you are, you are, bound for chaos and uncertainty. Hmm. Um, and I think, I think you're setting yourself up for one of the greatest risks, the greatest contributors to business failure. It's not profit, it's cash. And it's making sure that if you, if you don't have a budget, then there are, I I would guarantee there's times that you're in the year where you're wondering, how am I going to make payroll or man, we need to get some work that we can invoice because we're, we're probably not planning for how much cash we're going to need in given periods on a monthly basis. Um, so you need a budget. It's going to help you. It's going to help you evaluate how we performed against what we expected to, to do. Um, you're going to, you're going to start looking through the front windshield instead of the rear view mirror. And there's going to be a whole lot less curiosity or wonder about where everything went. Um, so, so yeah, just to close it again with John C. Maxwell quote, a budget is you telling your money where to go, not wondering where it went. Um, so closing thoughts there is if you have never started the process, do it. There's plenty of resources. Um, if, if you're curious about how we can, we might be able to help you feel free to give us a call. I think that was like the one first and every time we've done a sales pitch, but um, <laughs> no, we, we'd uh, love to, we'd love to walk you through that and, and help your team grow plan and grow. Good stuff. Devin Dash, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate it, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Cameron.